0: Welcome into another edition of the PHNX Sons podcast. I'm Lindsay Smith, that's Saul Bookman, that's Gerald Borgay, and that's Espo. Gentlemen, how are you doing today?
1: Man, I really wish I would change clothes from yesterday. I know, me too. We all walk
2: ashamed right now. Just feels like we just did one of these.
0: I mean, honestly, I really like this shirt. It's my new Freddy Krueger shirt. I wouldn't put it past you to wear that shirt again. I will wear this shirt once a week, every week until Halloween. Okay. Just so you guys are already in like, I think that's fair. If you come in with the hands, I'm leaving. Okay, well, I'm coming with the hands. That's <laughs> for certain. I'm All out, right. Kids. Today on the VHNX Suns pod, we're going to continue our conversation around top contenders in the NBA who might pose a threat to the Phoenix Suns. And on today's show, we're going to be discussing the Philadelphia 76ers. So when we look at the Sixers, we've got some key additions and losses on the addition side of things. They've got Patrick Beverly, Mo Bamba, Danny Green, Montrez Harrell, and Kelly Oubre Jr., which the information we got from yesterday. And then key losses, Dwayne Dedman, uh, Mac McClung, and Jalen McDaniel. So the biggest one, just because it's the newest and the most shiny, Kelly Oubre Jr. How do you think he'll fit in with the Sixers?
2: I think it depends on... James Harden situation, if James does wind up leaving, depending on what your return is, Kelly Oubre is going to get some opportunity to score. And as we all know, that's about all he does really well. He's not going to be a defensive stalwart for you. He's an offensive guy. So if those opportunities come for him, uh, you know, he averaged 20 in Charlotte last year, so he still can do it offensively. I just I don't know if that's going to plug enough holes for the 76ers team.
3: Yeah, if you're Philly, one-year flyer, it's not going to hurt you that much. They definitely could be in a position where they need a bench scorer or two, someone who can come in as a fourth, fifth option, whatever, and contribute, but expectations should probably be low. He's not changing your uh, prognosis for the upcoming season, especially since you still have the whole James Harden situation to figure out, so it's a decent depth play late in free agency, but outside of that, it's not really going to change their – season all that much
1: i feel bad for kelly mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, well that's a two-fold statement one of it's because of his own doing mm-hmm. um, i just feel like you know if he understood that he was a high level role player mm-hmm. he could he would be a valued commodity across the league the problem is is he still plays like he wants to be the feature guard or the feature player on that team and that's where he gets himself into trouble like he's he's not really you know uh, attuned to the team concept as, as much as some organizations would like, especially when you have to defer to the superstars on that team. And as a good role player, you would have to do that and you have to understand that. Um, and, and so he should have he should have gotten in the bag already several times, but for whatever reason he's just uh, you know a 20 point score, yes, very good basketball player for sure, but he hasn't found a role because his role has been very much centered around himself and that's that's going to continue to be a problem until he figures it out and now hopefully this is a spot where he lands where he realizes that like if he plays at a high level as a role player mm-hmm. that could change everything for Philadelphia mm-hmm. but if he's the same Kelly Oubre um and you know you got Joel Embiid low in the post and you're like nah let it rain uh
2: yeah that's going to be a problem i mean he could i legit believe if he accepts that role, he could be a six-man-of-the-year kind of candidate yeah. because usually that goes to a guy that comes off the bench and scores a lot, right? Right. And that's exactly what he could do for a team uh, if he if he fit into that role and accepted it. So maybe this is one of those surprise uh, you know, September signings that actually does have an impact because he becomes a very valuable scorer off the bench, but I'll believe it when I see it.
0: All right, and then, of course, we've got the drama that comes with James Harden. <laughs> and the 76ers. What do you guys think the outcome of this will be?
2: I, I think he comes into training camp extremely overweight. Come it's the right. same. I don't mean that rudely. God. It's the same play he pulled in Houston <sighs> when he wanted out. He he came in out of shape on purpose. Mm-hmm. He came in pr- showing that he just did not want to put in what it was going to take to be a part of that team. And I think we're going to see that because we heard the, over the weekend that the Clippers have pulled out of negotiations. They said we're done. We're not. We're not doing this anymore. And that seemed like the one clear path that maybe they'd be able to deal him before training camp. I if this guy is not motivated to be there, and there's beef with Daryl Morey, he's going to do anything within his power to not be there.
1: I mean, I appreciate James Harden because he got me three hundred dollars thanks to these chumps in the chat that <laughs> thought he was going to be a Phoenix Sun. So hey, more power to him. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's a
1: win. That's all I got for James Harden. I mean, like, listen, he, it is a mess. Everywhere he goes, he causes destruction. Um, everywhere he goes, he's unhappy after a year. Everywhere mm. he goes, like, it's true. Like, he it, didn't it, cause it, it,
3: destruction in Brooklyn. That was Kyrie.
1: He was. Still, and he, he was wise
3: to get out when he did. But
1: he still forced his own way out of there, just like he forced his way out of Houston. And he's trying to force his way yeah, out I'm of. And I'm not blaming him for that. But still, like, there's the, there's a proper way to go about doing this, and he's shown at every single stop. That he's never satisfied. He's never happy. Like, so at some point, you've got to be the problem. But because what if, what's happened in Philadelphia? What's happened in Houston? Like, it's the same theme over and over and over again. I get the Kyrie. He theme. was
3: promised he would be either traded or extended in Philly, and neither one of those things happened. How is that his fault? Well, how's uh, that his problem? What, what Not about getting Houston? it in writing? Houston's fair, but you're saying everywhere he goes, it's on him. It's not. Brooklyn, it was on Kyrie. Here, it's on Daryl Morey making promises that he did not keep. Like, I understand that players have contracts they need to live up to that. That's totally fine. But we're not going to put the onus totally on James Harden. Like A million percent, no. I will,
1: I will because you know why. Because you know what, I think the, the Sixers probably looked at Harden and, and the inconsistency that he did show at times to, down the stretch, especially in the playoffs. You got two different versions of James Harden one that didn't show up and they lost those games, and, the, and then you got primetime Harden where it was like up and down, you didn't know what you're gonna get. And I think maybe the Philadelphia 76ers said, you know what, listen. I don't really feel comfortable re- renegotiating a contract for a long term because I don't know if this guy's going to be as consistent as we really need to be, especially as he's going through the the, the basically the latter, what, five years of his career. Right. Um, and so I could see why they changed their mind. And Daryl Morey's been there for him every step of the way until this point. But that didn't happen. Like the whole option thing,
3: the playoffs came before that. So like he opted in under the knowledge the belief that he was still that it was still consistent with what they had already talked about so like yeah you can change your mind but you should probably have let him know before that and also like if we're going to talk about playoff inconsistencies a you know that's what you're getting with james harden going in and b joel and b didn't show out in that series either at least in the two games where james harden played well they won those games because of him it wasn't because of Embiid, like Maybe start with your MVP if that's going to be your line of thinking for not extending Harden.
2: I have a question for you, Saul. That 300 bucks, did you get paid in all ones? Uh, it's a James Harden bet. So I, haven't, come come I, haven't, I haven't gotten paid yet, <laughs> come on. but I did ask for that.
1: I did ask for that beforehand.
0: So back to the 76ers, they also have a new coach, Nick Nurse. So that'll be – they've got a lot of – a lot of things that they're dealing with this uh, this season. Do. I feel bad for the 76ers, especially our friends over at PHLY who are covering the Sixers, because it seems like the vibes are just a little bit down when it comes to just the team and this upcoming season from a fan perspective. I do think Nick Nurse is a good hire for them. I'm curious to see what he does with this group and how he tries to help develop and elevate others not name Joel Embiid or James Harden if he does decide to play for them this season um, because I think you're going to have to put a lot of emphasis on others, that not can, name those two guys.
1: It could be really great, or mm-hmm. it could be like throwing gasoline on the fire. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know which way this is going to go, yeah. to be honest with you. Nick Nurse is a good coach, but he also, you know, when you hear the stories of from Toronto, uh, he had a mm-hmm. tendency to be a little bit too harsh and aggressive. And, you know, around guys, especially like uh, – Listen, I mean, James Harden has a very his own perspective on how he wants to approach these things. So does Joel Embiid. Um, It's going to be very interesting to see how that dynamic works.
2: Yeah, but you go look at the Toronto year when they won. He he maximized and got the most out of guys. Where a guy like that wears on people is the back half of the contract, right? Two, three, four years into it, where he's been hard on them and and you know running them into the ground. For multiple years, I think he might be able to squeeze more out of guys like Maxi, Kelly uh, Oubre. That's now there, uh, you know, Montrezl Harrell. Those kind of guys, where maybe some of that back half of the roster and and some of the guys not named Embiid and beaten Harden overachieve a little bit to make up for maybe Harden not being there, whatever the case can be. That's why I'm so fascinated with this Philly team because I think it's boom or bust. They're either going to be right in this conversation in the East or they're going to be just a dumpster fire because, uh, because none of it fits at, at this point, you know, so.
3: And it's kind of a critical year for them because this is a team that has the reigning MVP on it, has been an Eastern contender for the last couple of years, but hasn't been able to get out of the second round Um, And you could go back to obviously they had that heartbreaking loss to the Raptors with that ball that bounced in from Kawhi Leonard, but like they have underachieved come playoff time. So they are a team that on paper would be a fun matchup, you know, for the Suns in the finals if they were to meet there. But it just feels like everything for them is hinging on what happens with James Harden. Is he going to show up? Do they have to trade him? And if they do trade him, do they get enough in return to keep a season on track that is... You know anytime you have a player like Embiid, you should be competing for titles year in and year
1: out. Again, I think that's the problem with the Clippers, you know, wanting to bail out of this is that I don't think any franchise wants to put, um, you know, investment into James Harden at this point of his career mm-hmm. enough to get a, a solid return back. Um, and on top of that, again, like for whoever's responsibility or fault it is. Um, There is an inconsistency into James Harden's happiness that is a factor here, and if you trade for him, you have to understand that he might not want to be here in two years. He might do everything he wants to to get out of this situation as well. Like He just never feels satisfied.
2: Yeah, but we know Daryl Morey to be a guy that will take big swings if they present themselves uh, to try to make a team better, and so it would not shock me if what we're looking at now – is drastically different come February, and maybe that makes things a little bit more interesting uh,
3: there.
0: All right, so overall, how are we feeling about the 76ers and how big of a threat they are to the Phoenix Suns? From a scale of (laughs) least worried to most worried, we're talking dry cheesesteaks, a cracked Liberty Bell, Rocky, or fans throwing batteries. Uh, What level are we at here?
1: To me, I would say cracked Liberty Bell. Mm. They're good, but I don't think they're really a serious contender, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. because there's just too many X factors that are going on right now. Um, So, yeah,
3: I don't want to slander our new guys at PHLY, but I'm going dry cheesesteaks on this one. I I think like if James Harden is there, he's going to be unhappy until you find a trade for him. And if you do trade James Harden, I don't know that you're going to get enough in return to put the right complementary pieces around Joel Embiid. And Tyrese Maxey and, and the fact that their whole season is kind of hinging on making a winning trade for a guy who's disgruntled that never seems to go well. So and if this extends into the season when they have to do it, that makes it even harder. We saw last year the Suns made the greatest midseason trade in NBA history. And yes, Kevin Durant's injury played a factor, but they didn't have enough time to figure it out before the playoffs. So until proven otherwise, I'm very much a skeptic that the Sixers are a legit contender.
2: Why Why are we knocking on dry—any st- cheesesteak's a good cheesesteak. I don't care. I'm not mm. dry. Oh, yeah. Any cheesesteak's a good cheesesteak. That's question In all. my mind. I'm just hungry. I've been working okay. out far too much and just would like food. <laughs> uh, for me, I think it's rocky. They got the defending MVP mm. still there, and that in and of itself— Means that they've got a fighter's chance, so I'm going to put them in the Rocky category.
0: Okay. Ah, the puns. Um, he just won. Nice I know. chance. Because PHLY has been very nice to me thus far, and um, to Suns fans just in general. Last week. I know. So we're off to a good start. It's been very nice. This I'm going to say cracked Liberty though. It's, it's Philly. Okay.
2: Give. Give them a chance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you,
0: have, you haven't been on
1: their show yet. I'm sure it's coming.
0: Right. So well, at least we can always look back to this week.
3: <laughs> they haven't thrown any batteries at Lindsay. in We've the alway, week. We can always
0: look back yeah. at this one week where we were on good terms. <laughs> and we'll always have that. So I'm going to crack Liberty Bell. Okay. All right, guys. We got a busy fall season coming up. Suns basketball is just around the corner. You might be looking for some convenient meals for those jam-packed days. Where can I get those at? You can get them from Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. It can help you fuel up with fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door, Saul. Let's go. You Let's don't go. even have to get off the couch to get Factor delivered to your house. You don't have to think about anything. You don't have to go to the grocery store, and you barely even have to do anything to get these meals. Hot and ready to eat.
1: Glad the meals are healthy because that picture you just painted makes me just feel fat.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> no. don't even have
1: to
3: get up off your you
0: couch. You don't even have to get up off
1: the couch to stuff your face with food. <laughs> you're lazy. It's because PCO. you're
0: so busy. <laughs> you're out here working hard, running PHNX. <laughs>
1: I appreciate your effort, Lindsay, <laughs> and sarcasm. Nobody took that seriously. You
0: know. but for real though. But for real, though, I am being genuine. When you do have a job that you work long hours or if you've got kids, like, it is hard to meal prep. It's hard to plan out. Not to mention sometimes it just sucks having to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. And with Factor, like I said, they're delivered straight to your door. They're healthy. They're easy. They're fresh, never frozen meals. That are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat them up and enjoy it, and then get back to whatever it is that brings you joy in life.
2: You know that I love that their slogan's "fresh, never frozen," because the box got delivered while I was here, and I sent my dad over, and the first thing he did was put them in the freezer. <laughs> you don't need to do that, people, because it's so good. It it shouldn't go in the freezer.
0: Don't yes. do that. It's the, fantastic.
2: The smoothies I, are fantastic. The
0: smoothies though. are really good. They have so many different options, whether you are looking for a protein-based one, if you're trying to eat a little bit healthier, or if you need some breakfast options too. Breakfast is always a tough one. And then they also have some options where you don't even have to worry about heating them up. They're like on-the-go meals, which are even better. Um, so head to factormeals.com slash PHNXSUNS50 and use code phnxsun 50 to get 50% off. That's code PHNXSUNS50 at factormeals.com slash PHNXSUNS50 to get 50% off. Also, our friends over at BetMGM want to give you $200 in bonus bets. All you have to do is sign up for the BetMGM Sportsbook app using the bonus code PHNX. Then you place your first Uh, bet MGM sportsbook wager through the bet MGM sportsbook mobile app of at least $10 and you will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wagers outcome. So don't miss out on this. Again, that bonus code is P H N X. You can check out the show notes for full details. And now you can listen to Shane. Talk about the disclaimer.
3: Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, DC, Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call eight seven seven eight hope and Y or text Hope and Y 467 New York. Call 1-800-327-5050 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF Iowa. one 800 for confidential help Michigan. one 800 981 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. US promotional offers not available in DC, New York, or Ontario.
0: Welcoming in our special guest to the PHNX Suns podcast, Derek Bodner of PHLY, our sister city, which just recently launched, covering the Philadelphia 76ers. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today?
4: Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm doing great. I just got back from doing a little recording. Happy to talk a, a little more Sixers and NBA basketball.
1: I yeah. mean, first question everybody's going to want to ask, to Harden or not to Harden? <laughs> how? how uh, what say you?
4: Uh, I think he will be at camp eventually. Uh, I think he will have to show up in large part because there is that clause in the CBA where if he doesn't show up, the Sixers can prevent him from effectively becoming a free agent. Whether or not he will hurt a hamstring 10 minutes into it or whether or not, you know, he will give any kind of effort whatsoever that I'm very much dubious of. He will eventually show up. I do not expect this to be resolved before then. um, And it will be uncomfortable for everyone involved and a headache.
0: What about long term? How are you feeling long term with this situation?
4: No, I mean, look, I don't expect this to be mended long-term at all. You know, it might take them into December when something like 20% of the NBA can be traded or maybe into January where the remaining 20% become trade eligible. It might take a little bit of time for a team to get desperate. I do think he is eventually going to be traded. I think the rift between he and, and Maury, and that's really what it is. It's not about Harden and any of his teammates. It's not about Harden and Nick Nurse. It's all about Harden and his expectations coming in. And the fact that they weren't met contractually, I don't necessarily expect that to be mended at all. Uh, I I certainly, if you were telling me, is James Harden going to be on the roster after uh, the trade deadline? I would have a a hard no. I definitely do not think that's going to happen.
3: Do you have any idea in terms of what trade suitors might make sense in terms of giving the Sixers the return they need to keep a season with title aspirations on track versus making Harden happy as far as where he's trying to get to?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, certainly the number of suitors who need a point guard uh, would want James Harden on his next contract are close enough to winning where they will put up with his nonsense. That group has to be pretty small. There can't be that many teams out there. Otherwise, this wouldn't have played out the way it did in free agency. I think it's smart for him to target the Clippers because they are desperate uh, because, you know, they really have to build a winner before that new stadium comes in. There's so much upheaval, so much change that could be happening with them over the next couple of years. And because Steve Vollmer, if he thinks he can win, he will spend whatever money is necessary. He will spend the money necessary to keep a winner around. I think Harden is smart in targeting them as a team that might give him his next contract. You know, the only other team we've really heard over these last couple of months that's really reached out to the Sixers in any real capacity are the New York Knicks. You know, are there going to be more teams that will come to the forefront later on? Probably. You know, I think there'll be some teams who won't be as good as they expect to be. Some teams who are maybe better than they expect to be and want to try to pounce on that. But I do think Harden, because of his annex over the last couple of years, because this is the third team in a row that he has asked himself out of because of all the concerns over how he will age into his mid-30s, I don't expect that to be a very wide market. It's just whether or not you can get one team that's desperate enough. And maybe the Clippers eventually be, but I think they realize right now that they're a team of one, so why outbid the market?
2: Well, Nick Nurse is obviously inheriting this mess as the new head coach. Of the 76ers, what what did you guys think of the hire, and what do you kind of expect from him going into year one?
4: Yeah, I I thought it was an interesting hire. You know, on the one hand, the Sixers are and and probably the right hire. I think it's probably the best coach on the market. On the one hand, the Sixers are not built how Toronto was built at all. You know, Toronto was a team of six eight forwards who, you know, could really play that aggressive style of defense, whereas the Sixers are a very unathletic team. But they have a lot of shooting and they have a, a big man who you can funnel uh, the opponent into. So they're almost complete opposites of what the. Sorry, my cat is. Uh, we love cats over here. You're good. When I'm at home, I have sort of like a two bedroom loft and there's no. I, I can't lock them out because they will. Meow the entire time, so I just had to put up with the tail every now and then. Um, Is that a bad is that a bad omen?
2: Because as you're talking about the Sixers and Nick Nurse, a black
4: cat walked in front of you. Well, I was gonna say she has made a lot of podcast appearances. So if it's a bad omen, then there's been a lot of bad omens. But when you go over what has happened with the Sixers over the last decade, maybe that is related. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think I think Nick Nurse is interesting because on the one hand, you know, Toronto had really no shooting whatsoever. They were one of the worst shooting teams in the league last year. I don't think that's the way he wants to play at all. So I think he's looking at the Sixers, and especially if James Harden can, can play and create some of those easy, easy shots for his teammates, I think he's looking at this and probably going, man, this is, this is something I haven't had in a long time. On the other hand, what he did defensively is going to be so drastically different um, that I have a lot of belief in Nick Nurse as a coach and someone who can adapt to what he has, and I'm really interested to in what he cooks up. Um, because that Toronto team was borderline reckless at times defensively but they had the athletes to sort of make it work.
0: What do you think the Sixers' biggest strength is coming into this season?
4: Well, I mean, they do have the rating MVP, so it's it's probably him, I would say. Um, you know, I think in terms of translating that to the postseason, it's been tough. And Joe's, Joel Embiid's always had sort of like a struggle of maintaining his effectiveness in the playoffs. Part of that is because he's always been injured. And a lot of times it's not even, you know, like, chronic use injuries. It's he got a, you know, finger, a thumb stuck in a opponent's jersey in the first round or Pascal Siakam hit his eye socket with his elbow and blew it up. He's been really unlucky in that regard, but he's never translated that to the, the postseason. But clearly, like they have an identity offensively in the regular season that works. They've pretty much been a 50 plus one team every time that Joel Embiid's been healthy for a season. Um, and they have a lot of shooting around him. And historically, that's been a really, really good combination at least as long as Joel Embiid has been able to control the game. You know, he is a player who has gotten a lot better as a passer, a lot better at using double teams to create scoring opportunities for his teammates, a lot better at reading double teams and triple teams teams sent his way in the regular season. And that's a big qualifier. But in the regular season, I mean, this team is going to be a a... a they're going to... Even if James Harden doesn't suit up, I think they're going to win 50 games or at least close to it. It's do they have enough shot creation... Do they have enough talent around him to do that in the postseason?
1: You're talking about talent around him. Uh, and, you know, I know everybody wants to point to James Harden about being that secondary piece to Joel Embiid, but you know, you got a guy in Tyrese Maxey, and the evolution of Tyrese Maxey is a very real thing. Uh, what do you expect him from him this year? I mean, do you expect him to make the All Star team? Do you expect him to be that secondary player to uh, Joel Embiid throughout the, this this season?
4: Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna diagram away for the Sixers. To be a title contender, even without James Harden, a lot of it really does fall on Tyrese Maxey. Not just as a scorer, and like he could end up scoring 23, 25 points per game on pretty good efficiency. He's really become one of the better shooters in a league, not only in volume, not only in percentage, but in diversity. Like He can hit the step back, he can hit the pull-up, he can hit off the catch, he can hit a 30-footer. He's really got every shot in his bag. What he really needs now is to become good at running an offense, to have the creativity to create shots for his teammates to take the pressure that he puts on the rim and create easy scoring opportunities for those around him. Because if he does that, then all of a sudden team building around him gets a lot easier. And I think once we start looking in the future, especially when some of these changes take place, especially when, you know, we start talking about double aprons and the, and the, imp- and the limitations that puts on a team in future years, really what you need is your two stars to be perfectly complementary of each other and be able to put role players around them. It's going to get hard to stack the three, four stars we've seen in the past, and the Sixers can have max cap space next summer, uh, depending on what they do with Harden, depending on what they do with Tobias Harris. If you have your, a, a true legitimate floor general and, and elite perimeter scorer and Maxi to build off of Embiid, finding complementary pieces around them becomes much easier. It really changes the entire complexion of the team. But they need him. He's never really shown the ability to consistently create looks and to you know see ahead, see s- multiple steps ahead in a game to be that floor general. Uh, That's really what they need from him.
3: To your point about next summer, obviously when you look at James Harden contract, Tobias Harris contract, and and possibly future flexibility, do you get the sense that for Joel Embiid, there's a level of concern about his happiness or is it kind of looking ahead to next summer, this upcoming season, and see how they build and what they're able to do in the next year or so?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, I don't certainly think, I don't think they're comfortable entirely with, Mm You know, here's what I'll say. I don't think any team with a star is truly com- comfortable long term. Mm. Even even someone like Milwaukee, we're seeing right now play out in real time. A team that won a title is now getting these sort of like threats, or or however you want to phrase it, being thrown at them by Giannis. And they, I mean, they, they very recently won a title. You look at it with Dame. Everyone thought he would never have a tipping point. Well, we found the tipping point. And whenever you have a star, whenever you have someone in an MVP conversation, it's always well. If we don't win now. What does that mean for the future? Is there going to become become a tipping point for Joel Embiid? And I don't think the Sixers feel like they're at that point yet. I don't think they feel like they're necessarily at the precipice of that point yet. You know, Joel Embiid has, I think, expressed a lot of interest in playing for Nick Nurse. He believes in Tyrese Maxey, and he wants to win in Philadelphia with the only team that's been a only city that he's been a a home for him throughout his NBA career. I think all that is true, but they also recognize that that can change. That's something that everyone said about you know Lillard, like I said. Mm-hmm. That's something that I think a lot of people hope for with, with Giannis. There's always that. It's, it's just it's a cloud hanging over you when you have a, a, someone of this caliber, unless you're someone like the Warriors. But that's the exception.
2: All right. Let's assume the black cat didn't jinx either of us, <laughs> and we're looking
4: at a, a
2: Sun-Sixers final. How do, there we go. How do you think that that would play out? How do you like the matchup uh, from your end and, and from Phoenix's end?
4: Yeah, I mean, look, I think everyone would 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 make Phoenix a, the favorite in that regard. But then again, if the Sixers even made, I mean, we're talking about a team that's never gotten out of the second round of the playoffs with this score. So if the Sixers made it that far, clearly a lot of things went right for them as well. But just the, uh, and I, even looking at the Sixers, they're really low right now on wing defenders. Um, they really, like, unless you're talking about Daniel House, they just don't have many stopper types. Even in the starting lineup, P.J. Tucker started last year. He's 38. I think, Um, and if he doesn't start, then you're probably starting a three-guard lineup of Harden, Maxi, and Melton, which is really small and doesn't have a lot of positional versatility. I think they would have a. I I think everyone's going to have a real tough time slowing Phoenix down, but the Sixers, very specifically, I don't know how they would match up, Um, and I'm not really sure. We can talk about Nick Nurse and his creativity and boxing one and all the stuff that he's tried in the past. I just don't know how the Sixers with this group would be able to defend like that. Um, But like I said, I don't expect the Sixers to finish the season with Harden and any Harden trade is going to drastically remake the, the roster anyway. But I think that would be a, it, if you're saying that the Sixers exceeded the expectations, made the finals, I think Phoenix would probably be a pretty bad matchup for them just because they just don't have the perimeter defenders and especially the, uh, you know, the, someone to defend forwards and big guards. It's just, it would be a tough matchup.
0: So I get the sense that the fan base is a little bit down right now, vibes wise, when it comes to the Sixers and I'm yeah. sure the James Harden situation kind of adds to that. But just from your perspective, and maybe just a fan perspective, what are your guys' expectations for the Sixers this upcoming season?
4: Oh, I think if you ask most fans, their expectation would be they'll make the second round of the playoffs and frustrate the every living hell out of you. <laughs> I, that's what I think the expectation is. We understand there's that a part, out here. <laughs> yeah. There's a part of it where, like, you know, every team, it feels like, until they break through, fans are frustrated, especially mm-hmm. in today's NBA, where it feels like everyone wants it right away. But this team has had so many cracks at it. They've never really put their best forward in the playoffs outside of maybe that one, uh, you know, 2019 <clears throat> against the Raptors where they lost at the buzzer to the eventual champions. The end of the season has always been and again, most teams end the season, very frustrating. Um, but I think this, this fan base is, you know, they're very much in the belief. I'll believe it when I see it. I think that was mostly the way that they felt coming into last season. They could have, you know, the Sixers at this point, they've had the MVP. They've won the most, games in the conference in the regular season they've held the one seed they have had probably the easiest path you could come up with a couple of years ago when they had the wizards in the first round and the hawks in the second round and through all of those years and those are three different years they've come up short so i think the fans right now almost no matter what happens you all could be the best player in the world you could have the easiest pathway to the title in the world nobody's really going to believe it until they push through um that barrier so yeah i think most fans coming into the season expect pain
0: Well, Derek, we wish you the best of luck uh, as long as you're not playing the Suns, uh, both for the 76ers and for PHLY. Hopefully you guys have a wonderful first season over there. We're really looking forward to seeing your content and thank you so much for joining us.
4: Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime.
0: Shady Rays, guys. Shady Rays is premium polarized sunglasses and gear that is built to last. And Shady Rays, exclusively for all of you, is giving out their best deal of the season. Just go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Burrito Express for delivering burritos this week. Makes a Monday a lot better when you show up to work and you got Burrito Express in the break room. Like, could not be a better way to start the week. Make sure you check out our friends over at Burrito Express. They've got multiple Valley locations and they are fantastic in the community and they support ASU Athletics and athletes, and we love them for that. So grab a burrito and follow Burrito Express on Twitter at Burrito EXP. All right, gentlemen, to round out today's show, I want to talk a little bit about Kevin Durant mm-hmm. because I think that's another aspect of this Suns team. Um, like, we know what Kevin Durant brings. We know how amazing of a basketball player he is. But do you feel like there's a small group of people who maybe are underrating how good Kevin Durant is will be with the Sun Squad now that he's had a full offseason with them, will have had a full training camp and an entire season to build that chemistry with these new guys.
2: Yeah, it's every other fan base in the West. They all are are underestimating who Kevin Durant is and what he means to this roster, being able to build that chemistry. Go ahead.
3: I was going to say, I think you mentioned it on Monday's show talking about how that's one of the biggest things that could change in a potential Suns Nuggets series from this year to last year was just having a Kevin Durant who's more familiar with his teammates, more familiar with, you know, offense, defensive schemes, all that stuff. And with a full offseason, with a full training camp, hopefully a fully healthy season, we'll get more of that even if he misses 15 to 20 games. For whatever reason, like as long as he's healthy come playoff time, he'll have had a full season this time. Um, and I think we saw it last year in the playoffs, as far as you know, Monty sticking him in the corner too much or him not getting involved enough. There was a little bit of that give and take as far as like trying to figure out when to take over and be Kevin Durant and when you know I'm going to provide spacing and make Devin Booker's life easier. And I think with those two having a full off season together, now incorporating Bradley Beal. They're going to make each other's lives easier. So I do think that is one of the things that when you talk about the Suns and the West, a lot of people are underrating the impact that that's going to have. Because, yes, they had Kevin Durant for the playoffs, but they didn't have like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant. And I think we'll see more of that this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think because of that, that's what's leading people to speculate whether or not they can trust. Uh, what they saw from Kevin Durant before, before he got to the Suns versus what he showed with the Suns. He's still an incredibly great player, mm-hmm. uh, but there were some inconsistencies that just weren't typical Kevin Durant uh, consistencies mm-hmm. that we saw, and people don't know whether to factor that with the, the short amount of uh, time with the team, uh, the ankle injury, or just getting a little long in the tooth. It, it's like there's like this this question mark out there. I firmly believe that Kevin Durant will resume form because um, he looked phenomenal at the beginning part of last season with Brooklyn until he got injured with his knee. And then he got here, and he looked really good in those first couple of games, and then he tweaked the ankle. And so I, I, think, I think Kevin Durant's going to be fine. I think he's going to contribute to this team at a very high level. And Kevin Durant is one of the most just, un, just disrespected players in the league. And as Steph Curry said uh, on that documentary of his, um, he's one of the most misunderstood guys in the league. Um, and I think people have misunderstood what they saw with with Kevin Durant uh, against the nuggets and against the Clippers in the playoffs and they're about to find out why that's the wrong choice.
0: Why do you think that is? Why do you think that's the like opinion that people have from that from what the playoffs?
1: um i I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because they just they looked at certain things. I still don't think that he was a hundred percent in that playoff series. I still feel like, Listen, Kevin Durant was really devastated the fact that, you know, he got injured in a pregame warmup with all the hype and all the people that wanted to see him and how disappointed they were. Um, And I know not that he rushed to get back, but, you know, I know he wanted to get back as soon as he was given the green light. And I don't know if he was necessarily 100 percent. There was certain times when he pulled up for jumpers that I felt like he just didn't have his legs underneath him. Um, and I couldn't mm-hmm. tell if that was, like, his ankle or if that was just, like, just not getting into full game shape um post-injury. Like, there's too many X factors to try and figure out. So now that we've had a whole off season, now you've had some rest, now you should be 100% full go. I think at least early on in the beginning of the season, we're going to find out what Kevin Durant is really all about. And I think people are going to be surprised that, oh, guess what? He's the same old Kevin Durant.
2: Yeah, it's recency bias. I mean, yeah. they— they look at it and they go, "Oh well, we saw those games in the playoffs, and he, he's injured." Just look at at the second half of the season. They forget how unbelievably dominant this guy is when healthy, and he's healthy coming into this season. It's gonna be it, it's gonna be eye opening for some people.
3: And, and about those playoff series too, he went from like working his way back right before the start of the season to playing upwards of 40 to 45 That's minutes a night too, yeah. in a playoff yeah. environment yeah. in Denver altitude for
1: most yeah. of that series. Because like, he had to. Yeah. Because the Suns didn't have anybody that could score yeah. more than shit. Yeah. So outside I, of Devin
3: Booker. I, I do think that'll make a difference heading into this upcoming season, especially if the Suns' depth is as improved as we think it is. That'll take a lot of pressure off him in the regular season to be playing heavy minutes and maybe even come playoff time, get
1: it down from these un- you know, unobtainable levels that he was at last year. KD going like, let's just say a perfect amount of time on the court is if, if KD was averaging 34 minutes a game, Mm -hmm. uh, even that feels a little low because KD loves to just ball. He doesn't really care about how much time he plays. I think if you got, you found that sweet spot, you'd you'd find a very rejuvenated um, high performing KD in that amount of time um, every game. So uh, I don't know if that's really the threshold. Maybe it's not. Maybe it is. But that's, in my mind, 34 minutes. I feel like, man, that, that would that would keep him fresh. Um, but also, um, you'd get peak performance at KD every single game.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be really exciting to watch Kevin Durant play an entire season on this Sun Squad alongside Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, and the rest of the casting crew. And listen, just want to remind you guys that our friends over at Circle K have created their Inner Circle. It is a new free membership program, and when you join, you can save 25 cents per gallon on your first five fill-ups. You get every six free on a selection of Circle K products, including pizza, coffee, ice-cold fountain drinks, and more. So join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details. Also, if you have not checked out, go phnx.com, Lately, be sure to check it out. There's a lot of great written content over there. You can sign up to be a PHNX diehard over there. And, of course, you can check out our shop over at gophnx.com as well. Plus, when you're looking at Cardinals this Cardinals season, make sure that you reserve your tickets for our free PHNX Cardinals away game watch parties. You can join us every game at the Bet MGM, every away game at the Bet MGM Sportsbook at State Farm Stadium. And there's going to be ticket raffles, prize giveaways, and so much more. All the information is in a link in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. Thank you guys for joining us. We appreciate you as always. We'll see you tomorrow. And until then, you can follow the show on Twitter at BHNX underscore sons. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore bookman. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget. And you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home.
2: Chat, I gotta just tell you this. You were fire today, and we appreciate each and every one of you for sending me those fantastic messages.
0: Oi, oi!